Welcome to The Whole Marketer, where we look at the holistic skills, the technical skills, soft skills, leadership skills, and personal understanding that marketers of today need to grow the brands and businesses of tomorrow. We're here to ensure that marketers feel supported and empowered to have successful and fulfilling careers and lives as a whole. Hello, and welcome to The Whole Marketer podcast. Today's podcast is a technical skill or technical episode. It's on brand partnership and shortly we'll welcome today's guest, Beth Reeve, onto the podcast. But before we do, let's talk about brand partnerships. A brand partnership is a collaboration between two or more companies to create or promote products or services, often to maximise reach and budgets and to build brand equity. The brand partnership we are going to discuss today is a partnership between Colgate and Change Please, which I first heard about when I was hosting the creative and experience stage at Madfest. What stood out to me is that this was a brand partnership that was rooted in a shared purpose and truly and authentically focused on addressing a societal issue, and in this case, homelessness. So I asked Beth to come and share more about this partnership with you all. Today's guest is Beth. She has built her career for the last 15 years in FMCG sector and has held a wide variety of commercial and marketing roles within a number of different categories and companies. Since joining Colgate's Northern European brand marketing team in 2021, she has led the North European Colgate equity campaigns, including championing and executing their Change Please Foundation partnership in the UK. Beth has a degree in marketing from the University of Portsmouth and an Institute of Leadership and Management Qualification. She is also a proud member of the Colgate Women Network leadership team. Beth, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. Thank you for having me, Abby. So as you know, we always start with a big juicy question. And today's big juicy question is, what are brand partnerships to you? Well, that's a very multifaceted question. And I think if you boil it down, it really comes into two parts. And partnership is really created in the best way it can be when you have shared values, shared beliefs, shared ambition. I think then secondly, it's really thinking about how you can bring more together than when you're doing something on your own. So when you go into a partnership, you're there to be a team together to create something stronger, whether that's through impact and more than what you can create when you're just in that silo of yourself through that shared ambition, vision or resources or even knowledge. I guess an example of a purpose from Colgate Palmolive as a whole global company is that Colgate's a caring, innovative growth company that's reimagining a healthier future for people, their pets and our planet. And I think some specific examples of how we do that in practice, particularly in the UK and specifically to the Colgate brand and dental, is that we're really proud to have three strategic pillars which inform our equity partnership. Number one is the dental access to those experiencing homelessness. And we have a partnership with Change Please to do that. We also have our Bright Smiles, Bright Futures program, which is a longstanding global Colgate program. And that focuses on primary school age children. There's a shocking stat for the UK, which is between 50 and 80% of children suffer from tooth decay in the UK. I believe it's the number one reason that children end up um, hospital for an operation. And so that partnership specifically bans schools and then also dentists and has reach of over 1.4 million children through that 
partnership. And then the final area is also focusing more on secondary school children. And we have a partnership with Sprint Education where we reach over half a million students to help them have access to toothbrushes and toothpaste because a shocking number of children of that age actually share a toothbrush with their sibling or parent or possibly do not have access to a toothbrush. So those are the three equity partnerships that Colgate have in the UK. So of those equity partnerships that you've just described, Beth, I really want to focus today's podcast episode on the partnership you have between Colgate and Change Please, which I first heard about from yourself when I was hosting the Creative and Experience stage at MadFest. And what stood out for me is the alignment on purpose that you both had to address a societal issue authentically. I'd love for you to tell us more about that partnership. Sure, yes. And it was absolutely fantastic to meet you on that day as you were hosting the stage. And thank you for your observations of the presentation's message. And myself and Ari, who is the Change Pleasers CMO, we presented together that day. And first of all, it's probably a good time to tell you a little bit more about Change Please for the listeners that maybe haven't come across Change Please as an organization. And they're a social enterprise where 100% of their profits from their Change Please coffee brand goes towards helping people experiencing homelessness. And they do that in two ways. So one way they do that is by training people to become baristas and supporting them with everything they need to turn their lives around, giving them a living wage job job, housing, therapy, bank accounts, and that onwards employment. And then secondly, helping people who are more in the territory where they're unfortunately rough sleeping or possibly living in temporary accommodation like a hostel or a shelter. And without an address, it's a huge challenge to access healthcare services like dental services without a permanent address. So the partnership really sets out to tackle that and really The key thing between Colgate and Change Please is that we have a shared purpose and Colgate's brand belief is everyone deserves a future they can smile about. And Change Please Foundations is focusing on helping people and giving them a chance to rebuild their future. You can see the alignment even in the words by chance and that alignment allows both our businesses to have shared values, which really created a really strong foundation to help start to address the health impacts of people experiencing homelessness and specifically address access to vital services like dental. And it's interesting what you said about addressing a societal issue with purpose in an authentic way. And I think as marketers, focusing on being people-centric is really key in, in today's world. And having people's trust is so important and having an emotional connection with brands is the choice between choosing one brand and choosing another. And showing up authentically to your brand's purpose is even more critical. So to that point on impact in your question, a brand needs to be showing up and demonstrating a a tangible impact. Having that partnership with the Change Please Foundation reflected in a number of ways. It's not just from like, say, a monetary perspective, although that is a big part of it, but also sharing resources such as, you know, dental professionals, providing media communication on the partnership, which has sort of spiraled into even more partnerships when you think about it. So around our media communication, we have partnerships with our agencies like 
all other big CPG industries. So taking that partnership with Change Please, we then branched out to reach out to our Colgate WPP agencies, included also Channel 4 and their creative arm, the agency Armory as well, which really sort of started to cement what we could do in a bigger way around the campaign. What came through to me on the day and now is that real focus on addressing societal issues and in this case, homelessness and how you can bring both of your resources, thinking, intelligence to the table to benefit people and the importance of doing that authentically in a way that people will continue to trust into you and the brand, that you are doing it for the right intent. All of that is really important. And and when I was listening to you and Ari at the end of the talk, I was really emotional. I was really emotional because of all the facts that he was sharing about homelessness and almost like galvanizing the audience to also be part of this journey. And hearing you describe the level of investment to communicate this partnership, as well as all the extra resources that you put in, as you said, around dentistry and additional resources that you had from across the business into the partnership was really inspiring. Thank you, Abby. And yes, I think a lot of people do have that reaction as well. And that's what caught our attention at Colgate was when we first started talking to Change Please in the, you know, back in the early days. And I think the stat that really like everybody remembers is, and I think it was shared on the day as well, where we presented when we met you, was that 15% of people experiencing homeless who are generally like rough sleeping have been in so much pain from a dental issue that they've actually resorted to pulling out their own teeth. And this was really like a huge call to arms for us at Colgate because no one deserves to be in that position. And the partnership set out to tackle, to help these people, even if it was in a in a small way. And as we worked through like, you know, what did that look like? The starting place was, okay, we don't know how many people we can help or how we're going to help them, but let's set about to see what we can do. And through the partnership, the end result in terms of the process of how we're helping people today is that Change Please with additional partners as well, created a refurbishment of two London double-decker buses. They were converted to provide these vital services for people experiencing homelessness. And one actually has a full working dental practice facility in the top layer of the bus, which is just amazing in itself that through, you know, many people's great minds and abilities that that's been able to be achieved in the first place. And these buses, they go around London three, four days a week, comes across to various parts where those hotspots are, where people are more likely to be rough sleeping or where there's particular shelters where they would need these services. And this allows them to access a dental professional, a toothpaste and toothbrush they can also get on the bus. They can have a fresh set of clothes. They can get a haircut, which proves really popular actually, because having a haircut can really change your confidence, just like also seeing a dental professional. Your appearance is hugely linked to how confident you can feel and then also how your life can then spiral up as well. Additionally, it's really difficult to access mental health services, GP services when you don't have address as well. So the bus acts as a safe hub for people to be able to get access there as well. So I'm sure many people are listening thinking, yes, I want to use my brand and the resources that we have within our business to help address societal issues. But where do I start? I'd love to hear more about how this partnership came about and where it started. 
I think from a Colgate perspective and then thinking about this for other brands, other categories, when you're looking to make partnerships to create impact, they need to also be authentic and related to the category that you're operating in. We were running at Colgate our own equity advertisements and had other partnerships that symbolized our messages in our advertising, saying everyone deserves a future to smile about. And we had discussed internally, yep, there's room possibly for another partnership if it's the right thing to do. And it's something that we wanted to look to do a local execution. When I say local, because obviously Colgate is a very global organization. We first heard about Change Please actually via our European team. So Jamal, who is Change Please's CEO, he reached out and spoke with our VP over in Europe and he put us in touch with them. So being UK based as well for Change Please, they came and met with us and they presented to us and, and shared those stats that we've just touched upon. So that did really move us. And as we connected more and understood more about what their vision and objectives were and understood their values, it really closely aligned to you know what we're trying to achieve as a brand. And it fitted so amazingly with our purpose that I talked to earlier. And after a short time, and the bus was established, we saw that this process was really working and we saw an opportunity to create a broader communication campaign to showcase that. Because the first thing we wanted to do is make sure the partnership actually worked and it was creating an impact. And so we created a brief and put that out to our Colgate marketing agencies, part of the WPP agency and we then got that response from them in terms of how we could communicate in a broader way, which not only would help drive purpose communication within Colgate, but also to help drive the name of Change Please and the work that they're doing more broadly and the partnership that we're doing together. So how did it grow to evolve other partners also? So when we first got a response back from Wavemaker, they came to us with many suggestions of what we could do. And we all agreed that it was important to make sure that any more partners, whether that's like a media partner, a creative partner, needed to have those values baked into their organization as well. And that's where it really grew arms and legs because additional to Change Please and Colgate and now with Wavemaker, we then added to our partnership for the campaign with Channel 4 as well. So Channel 4 got involved. We then did a lot of work with them to establish a creative agency. So that's when Armory got involved. And then from there, we needed a partner for a spokesperson to be in the campaign. So that's when we all settled, which took quite a, a long time to make sure that we had the right person that could really operate in an authentic and empathetic way where we landed on Karim Zarol, who you'll see in the campaign as well. And in the campaign, please go and look at it on YouTube after this. It shares a young man's story who's gone through the journey through Change Please's support program. And whilst he was rough sleeping at the young age of like 17 years old, he got a really severe gum infection during that time as well. And it sort of really brings to life like how he was like in a lot of pain. 
And the scary thing is, is that when getting these types of infections, if you don't see somebody or have an intervention, that can lead to tooth loss. Thankfully, that didn't happen in his case. But as you can see, and me talking through how that all happened, it's important to make sure that when you're adding partners to a partnership, that they all want to go after the same ambition and have those shared values in order to achieve that overall ambition. So ambition, shared values are really important. Once you started the partnership, what were the goals that you set of the impact that you wanted to achieve? Yeah, I think when we started out, the goals were really focused on resolving the challenges of what people are having that are experiencing homelessness. They weren't really the traditional KPIs that you would see within a marketing campaign because this was all about creating impact. And then the campaign just followed later. So first of all, like the first campaign, which really was hugely driven by the Change Please team and their other partners, but with our monetary resources, was converting those buses and getting that fully working dental facility into the bus. And, you know, it was a big learning curve for everybody because they had showers, they had toilets in there and really making sure that it felt like a safe space because you could create this bus, bring it out to people where they are in need and they may not want it wanted to come on the bus. So the KPIs were far more specific to helping people and they still are like, you know, anything additional we would ever do is like making sure that those ground rules are really in place. But then, you know, as we move forward and and the buses worked and they were launched and they could drive around London and, you know, they didn't break down. We wanted to focus on like, you know, how many guests we can help. And in the first year, the collective reach actually was over 400 guests, which was amazing considering that included, you know, getting all the bus working and going around London. So, was an amazing achievement. And then as we moved into our second year, which we're actually just coming to the end of, we'd set a target of a thousand, which is quite significantly different, right? And we've exceeded far beyond that. So the number changes, I have a regular meeting with Change Please every couple of weeks. The numbers they gave me in the last two weeks was actually 1,600 people that we've helped, which has far exceeded what our expectations were in our KPIs. But in a way, this is a double-edged sword because it's great that we together have helped so many more people than we were expecting. But then, as you said, and we were talking to the stats earlier around homelessness is becoming a greater issue, especially during the cost of living crisis. And therefore, it's showing really how much worse things are getting out there as well. But it's great that we have these facilities to be able to help that many people. That's just amazing and so inspirational to others, I'm sure, that are listening around the impact. And I'm using that word that you use, the impact that you can have in society when you put your heads together and your resources together to really create change. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of us being able to talk about it and raise more awareness about it, which in turn, by raising more awareness and people seeing the campaign, it's added credibility to what Change Please and the partnership are trying to do. And therefore, more councils have reached out to Change Please directly because they've seen that this is like a service. And then those partnerships have then happened with the councils in London to really expand the project as well. And the campaign specifically would not have been possible without someone with a huge amount of courageousness and gravity to share their story. So the young man that I spoke about in in the ad, Raphael, he 
told that story. He allowed us to tell his story and allowed, you know, Channel 4 and Armory to be part of telling his story as well, which is a huge thing when you've been through what he's been through. So as we've continued, we saw that positive effect it was having. And so we ensured that our priorities from our marketing choices allowed us to run this campaign in the second year and make it even bigger, actually. And although we'd never set out for any KPIs to be around winning awards. Change Please have won a huge amount of awards. I think the one that they'd be most proud of is the NHS Primary Care Award, which is so amazing because that truly indicates that other external, very important bodies recognise the efforts and the credibility of the impact that the partnership is having. And then like from a more marketing standpoint, and definitely uh, for the marketeers listening on this podcast, the campaign actually won a Cannes Lions Bronze Award this year. So as you can imagine, like many people across all of the different partnerships that I've mentioned today were really happy with that achievement as well. But that's like the cherry on the cake. The the big one I certainly, and I think everybody is very excited about, is the 1,600 people this year that we have been able to help to. Which is incredible. And it's the thing that I wrote down as I'm jotting away here listening to you, Beth. So well done to you and to Change Please as well. As you've mentioned, it's come from an idea, someone reaching out, 400 in the first year, 1,600 in the second year, you know, winning a Cannes Award, the cherry on the cake, as you say. What advice would you give to the marketers listening or the tips that you would give to those that are looking to enter into authentic purpose-led brand partnerships? Brands are expected by people, consumers to give back and do the right thing. But I wouldn't say from my personal perspective that this should be a prerequisite to creating purpose-driven marketing. And when you enter into the space, the choices that you're making, they're beyond ROI or which product you're going to put out in your advertising. This is a really different kettle of fish. So you need to ensure that you're ready to make choices that aren't just about your traditional marketing KPIs. And going back to that consumer trust, it's so important to have those emotional connections with brands. And so when you're trying to make a difference, working with partners in an empathetic way to their cause is really important and understanding more about their cause and even small things like learning. You know, when we refer to people that come onto the bus, we refer to them as guests, as that is how they want to be referred to. And we have to also respect that we can't just, you know, invite people onto the bus or a lot of, I get quite a few requests sometimes of saying like, oh, we would like to bring possibly a retailer or somebody that has interest or even when it comes to thinking about how we promote on social media and things, the campaign, we have to be careful about who comes onto the bus in that area because we need to ensure that it feels like a safe space for people. So really thinking about how you as an organization with that charity or social enterprise partner is going to show up is really important and take you know, huge interest in the cause that they're trying to deliver. And then I think my sort of three areas that I would say as big ones for long-term partnerships versus say 
looking at more of a transactional partnership. In order to make a long-term partnership really strong, you need to put the cause of the person that you're trying to help at the centre versus just thinking about tactics. And that really comes back to that piece that we've referred to a little bit across our chat today, which is like, do your values align? Ensuring that however you're planning to talk about your partnership, that it's really integrated across your marketing funnel and that it has that sort of red thread across everything that you're you're talking about. And that links again back to, is it synonymous with your category? And it doesn't take the consumer lots of mental athletics to understand why that partnership is happening. And I think to that, and to my third point there, I think you know when it's the right fit because you instantly really win the hearts and minds of everybody that works in companies. So at Colgate, people actively talk to me and come to my team about ideas they have uh, around how we can enhance our Change Please partnership and actually by one very enthusiastic person in our professional team, they came to me with the idea of creating a volunteering database and rotor through the great database that we have of dentists, which has been like a huge game changer for us in the campaign. So I think when that's naturally happening in an organization, that's when you know it's it's really working and that it's the right thing to do. And then even down to things like we have a Colgate Cares program, which allows people to take two days a year to volunteer. People wanting to volunteer with Change Please. And so we set that up. And so they go down there when we organize it with them and they might, you know, clean the bus on its day off and like help unload the stock to get all the toothbrushes and toothpaste. And they just, they help them out for the day, which is really fantastic. So it's really integrated partnership and, and we love it for that. That's great advice. And I love how you've actually had volunteers come to you with some additional initiatives about how they can enhance the experience and make it go further. So I think that's just absolutely incredible. So well done to all involved. So we've got to that point in the podcast, Beth, where I'd love to hear your career highs and lows. I guess like my career's highs and lows are from my personal perspective. And I think it's really apt what we're talking about today because this 100% has been one of my career highs and continues to be as it really mixes purpose into that CPG industry life. And I've been in FMCG my whole career and I'm so grateful that I've been able to have this opportunity to be part of this partnership and be able to show my contribution and be part of the journey and working with such amazing people across like all the partners that I've mentioned today has just really been such a big part of my career. So just wanted to say that up front. But I think like aside from that, when I reflect back on I guess what could be regarded as a career light I don't really like to see them like that because I really see them as when they maybe have been more of a low it's been more of like an opportunity to think differently and my personal mantra is if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you and in what might be regarded as a career low these have been where I've really learned the most. And then when the career highs have been high, they've probably been higher because I've learned so much from those other opportunities. And overall, like I probably haven't had a really traditional 
work your way up marketing solo career. I'm a bit of a Jill of all trades. I've done a lot of different things outside of just being a marketer. I started off in insights. I've managed field sales teams. I've done account management. I've even done some other things in organizations where I've done continuous improvement with HR processes. And many of those things that I've mentioned, they probably wouldn't have been my 100% natural strength. I had transferable skills that helped me be able to do those jobs in maybe a different way from someone's whose strengths lie there. But I think it's great that the companies that I work for, particularly Colgate, have allowed me and allow other people and given me those opportunities to go and try some different things because ultimately it's like really helped me be able to become a better marketeer. And I think that's down to, for myself, and I think that's really down to being able to walk in other people's shoes, have additional empathy for different departments and, you know, what their roles and responsibilities are that's probably allowed me to collaborate, build bigger and better solutions than what I could have done without that experience. And everyone's journeys in marketing are are really different. And I always recognize mine quite varied. And actually, probably when you add up all the amount of marketing experience versus like all the other departments, they're probably about the same. But, you know, I'm still early in career. I'm still only like, you know, 14, 15 years in. So, yeah, I've got a lot to still go after and a lot to learn. And that's great advice. You know, if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. And I love that. So, Thank you so much, Beth, for all that you've shared on today's podcast so far. We always finish the podcast with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? From my personal point of view, and actually I'll give you two, if that's okay. So I'm going to give you one that's marketing related and then maybe a bonus one as well, because it's a bit broader than just marketing. I think many people might find this useful. So from a marketing point of view, And certainly this is just from my personal experiences and related to what I was saying about my career. The world is changing so quickly when it comes to marketing. It's just constantly changing. And it changes at a pace of, you know, before you've finished a campaign, things have sort of moved on. And I was probably about two or three years out of a brand focused marketing career at one point. And then in that time, there was this huge boom, like, the digital media just proliferated so extensively in that time and more so than it ever done previously. And what I recognized like going back into brand was what may have previously like got me results in terms of what I had learned. It was not going to get me the results that I had in front of me. And I think that is still now true. And I, I see that a lot as, you know, time is only shortly going on and things are changing so much that you have to keep your marketing mix and your creative approach really fresh. You have to be more open-minded to um, what's actually going to like fit that platform and utilizing your 10%. Don't just use that, you know, the 70, 20, 10, like don't cut your 10% last minute and put it into what's already tried and tested because that test and learn is going to fuel your future campaign. And as I sort of reflect on even just this year, the choices I would have made in Q1, they're so different now to the choices that I'm making in Q4. 
And I think it's about like keeping an open mind and listening to everyone in your team because they all have their fingers on different pulses and it's taking that information and making decisions because you can drown in the amount of data and information that's coming through from digital media campaigns now. I couldn't agree more. I always say in our challenging yet rewarding profession, you know, that's one of the things that keeps it interesting is that we are constantly evolving in our understanding of how consumers make decisions or the channels in which we bring to market and what got us here won't get us there. And it's that appreciation of that, constantly learning about the new approaches, constantly embedding those test and learn cultures so that we can move at pace forward. So that's great advice. And Beth, thank you again so much for your time on today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into the Whole Marketer podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do like, follow and share. The Whole Marketer is here to support and empower you and your teams with the latest technical skills, soft and leadership skills and behaviours and personal understanding for a successful, fulfilling marketing career and life as a whole. For support, resources and more information on how we can help you to become a Whole Marketer and build Whole Marketing teams, go to www.thewholemarketer.com.